Hi there. Welcome to another Oregon Music News Coffee Shop Conversation. Coming to you, as always, from World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason in Portland, Oregon. This is Tom D'Antoni, OMN editor, and today we're with singer, songwriter, guitarist, actor, comedian, Andrew Paul Woodworth, who also used to write for OMN when he was of a mind, too. This will be the first official not-safe-for-work edition of Coffee Shop Conversations. Uh, nothing gross, just two guys talking like normal people. Coming up in future shows, Denise Kowalczyk from the late great KZME, drummer Carlton Jackson, singer Christy Lane, Mr. Dudu Funk, Tony Ozer, and Third Angle's Ron Blessinger. Andrew was in the middle of a John Paul Jones story when I turned on the recorder. Yes, the Led Zeppelin John Paul Jones. Here we go. And uh, it was during the No Quarter where Jimmy Page and Robert Plant were teaming up, and they totally rejected him. Uh-huh. Didn't even bother Talking about John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones didn't even bother to tell him yeah. that they were doing this. Oh. And he said he was so bitter and hurt, understandably so. Could you imagine? Um, it's hard to. And now, yes, actually, I can imagine. You can, right? <laughs> yes. This is reminiscent of the story we were just talking about. Yeah. And he said, this is what I told them. He said, I told them that I think they'll be surprised at how many people it takes for them to replace me Uh, and how few it takes for me to replace them. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Right? Was he right? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Probably not. But Great line, though. Scathing. Yeah. He was was a, a man of few words, but he had some... Some powerful ones when he strung them together. It's awesome. Well, usually I welcome people to the cupping room. But not me. This is the cupping room. This is? Should I be cupping? You you could be if you knew what it was. Oh. Well, I feel like I could figure it out. I'm cupping right now. In the next edition of Coffee Shop Conversations, we will reveal exactly what the cupping room is. Hmm. We have had many guesses. Some uh, having to do with Chinese medicine. Okay. Some having to do with something with off-color stuff. But um, you know, n- next time, next time, and I'll let you know because I, I I don't want to reveal it now. Why not? Because it's been an ongoing joke. Well, so the joke <laughs> is going to stop next week. The joke will stop next week. The joke stops here. <laughs> Apparently, it doesn't stop here. Until this next joke week. stops here. I want to venture a guess at what cupping could be. Okay. And is it a legit thing? Yeah. This particular room we're in right now? Yes. This is where the cupping goes on. It goes on? Yes. Does How many people do, can I ask a few questions? Well, I don't know the answer. You don't even know? Well, I know, what, I know what cupping is, but I don't know how many people are involved. Okay. It could be several people. It could be one person. Okay. Yeah. Well, that helps me yeah. in my guess. <laughs> is it... Um, Sexual in nature? It is not sexual in nature unless you have wow. a particular fetish for coffee. Then I'm not interested. <laughs> okay, forget about it. You know, listen, I want, I want people to understand. But you and I. Because <laughs> <laughs> what might seem to others as, as enmity right. is yeah. not. Because you and I can go back and forth with each other. Right. And I, I'm not sure why that is, but it has been since we met. Correct. 
we can be really mean to each other, mm-hmm. but it, we know it's a joke. Right. That's true, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. You know what? I mean, I, it is. It is with me. Of course, I don't it know is. if it is. With, I mean, I'm well, not clearly sure if you. Well, I, you know, I this is I wear this around my my neck, and this yeah. is this is. I think it's probably how you a little bit of of uh, you would agree. What does it say? It says if it's not fun, it's funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. For the most part, it's true. It's true. Even through the darkest times, you gotta yeah laugh your way through it. That's very true. And it reminds me of my my buddy. Produces uh, reality TV down in LA, yeah. and he was about to do a um, he was going to do a reality show on this woman who who studies past lives oh, and geez. gives people readings. Yeah, and you know, like me, I'm not a real believer in much. Yeah, I'm a nihilist. Yeah, you know, for the most part. All right. Which I don't know how you could be a nihilist because you believe in being a nihilist. So it's true. Goes on true. some weird. What do you believe in? <laughs> I believe in that. Um, and she. Gave she said I better give you a reading, my yeah. friend Adam, because you know if you're gonna work with me, we better yes. be you know secure in what we're talking about, and I want you to believe in what the, he goes. Well, I'm you know I'm not gonna probably it's not gonna work. You're gonna hypnotize me. And eight hours later, he's weeping. Oh, and geez. he's he's think he's seeing his clothing from the 1800s, <laughs> and he's in the cloud. And and one of the things that she talked about was how souls are like flocks through time. Uh-huh. And you sort of flock together as you pass through life. And when people can banter and when you connect to somebody, uh-huh. it's almost like you're a flock that has existed, not just now, but you know, hundreds of years ago or and hundreds of years in well, the suppose future. Suppose somebody you don't like. Then maybe you you choose maybe you kick them out of the flock. Ah, or you find another flock. Right. Okay. Gross. You know, it's a flocking mystery. <laughs> you know. Um, do you remember when Dionne Warwick was doing psychic infomercials? Yes. Okay. The woman she replaced was living in Baltimore, my hometown. I know. Love and Baltimore. when that woman was replaced by Dionne Warwick, she wanted to continue to be a, a you know a, a a a television psychic. And so she engaged me to write and produce an hour-long five-camera switched shoot. Uh, on her her psychic ability and the ability of her psychics, and it was totally fraudulent, oh. completely and utterly fraudulent. You know the studio audience; oh. they're all handpicked. The people who got up and asked to be for a reading—that was all rehearsed. Right. There was a That's woman. So surprising. Who, <laughs> there was a woman who called in, and of course we 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 switched to the shot of her call, you know, on the phone calling in from a room upstairs in the production house. Oh my God! <laughs> totally fraudulent. Oh, I mean, yes, Gail Summer. By the that way, that was her name. That was her name. Yeah, she's still out there. Isn't it weird that you would want to pursue something like that? That 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 is your life's goal to be fraudulent. Yeah. 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 Well, well, maybe maybe I can relate to that. Nice work if you can get it. <laughs> and I was part of the, just as big a part of the fraud. Of course, see, I had just I had just come out of a job. As a um, uh, uh, at an ad agency where I wrote and produced screaming car commercials, Ooh. so there was a there was a connection. God, you've had a crazy journey. I have. So yeah. you did five cameras. Why do you need five cameras for something like that? Well, I, I want as many. Free work. I want as many as I can get. Five. I want as many as I can get. So you coordinated five cameras. Yeah. Yeah. With a stu- and, and all you're talking about studio is the studio audience. audience. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a lot of angles. You got yeah. a lot of fraudulent angles. All well, that'd be a good name for a band. Fraudulent angles. Yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna steal my own thought. 
fraudulent angles. <laughs> wow. So, you know, it's, uh, it's what we do. That's Baltimore for you. It's, 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 that's, that's entertainment. And then Dionne Warwick, of course, did Deja yeah. Vu. Yes. Which <laughs> seemed part and parcel to her whole psychic thing. How weird. <laughs> I wonder if she was psychic enough to, uh, to have foreseen uh, her cousin or granddaughter dying and then now Whitney Houston and then, and then the, the, the grand. I don't think so. <clears throat> she must have. No, she should have so. told us about it before. She should. Hey, Whitney. She should have. Yo, <laughs> yo, yo, Whitney. Tip her off. Hey, you listen. Know? Throw her a bone. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, this Bobby Brown character. Maybe turn the other way. That doesn't seem fair. Uh, it's, it, it, well, you know? Life isn't fair. She should be asked about that. She should. Don't you think? <laughs> there are other questions she should be asked about, actually. Probably. Yeah, she, she was great, She did that though. for years, though. Wasn't you know? she great, though? Yeah. 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 Her and, and, and Burt Backrack. Did you see Dionne Warwick on The Apprentice? No. Boy, no. she was nasty. You know, she did a lot of great work with Isaac Hayes. Oh, I love Isaac Hayes. Yeah. She and Isaac Hayes have a great duet album. Really? Yeah. Shaft? Wasn't Isaac no, Hayes no, Shaft? She, she did not actually she didn't do Shaft, but they did their their ballads. Did stuff. she do uh Salty Balls with Shaft with no. Isaac Hayes? <laughs> I thought that was Sweaty Balls. No, Sweaty Balls was Saturday Night Live. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. I with know. uh Alec Baldwin. You just wanted to segue into that. You just I wanted did. to say Sweaty Balls. I did. <laughs> You got it. It feels good to say it, doesn't it? Does. It does. Would you like to say it again? No, thanks. That's once enough. <laughs> or two's enough. <laughs> so why do you use three names? Well, because uh, – Because there's another guy named Andrew Woodward. There's got to be. Okay. Well, because I feel like um, – yeah, I don't want anyone to, uh, to be blamed for my behavior. <laughs> That's why they do the serial killer thing, right? <laughs> I mean what's worse than being a serial killer? Lee Harvey Oswald. Right? Yeah. He John was Wayne a Gacy. serial killer, yeah. but um, they do that obviously because they don't want someone else to, to be confused. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I don't know why I did Andrew Paul Woodworth. I, I just feel like Andrew Woodworth was maybe just a little bland, uh -huh. but they're all kind of bland. I should change my name. Well, it's, it's distinct. You can't, you can't change it should now. Should I change it to Excelsior or something like that? Yes. Wouldn't that be cool? If all of a sudden I just did a switch, take one name and just be Excelsior. Well, the, I mean, the artist formerly known as Andrew Paul and Woodward. And just shave my body yeah. and paint my head silver. <laughs> huh? You know, it could work. Excelsior. It could work. Think about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You get Kanye to produce you. Oh. There you go. What is your middle name? Vincent. Really? Yes. Tom, Thomas Vincent. Fuck yeah. Thomas, fuck yeah. Yeah. Thomas Vincent D'Antoni. Correct. TVD. That's right. Ooh. Many jokes. That's many, right. many, many TV. jokes. An emphasis on VD. <laughs> and or TV. Right? Either one. TVVD. Yes. No, there's only one. Group. I know, but it'd be fun to do a double V. <laughs> wow, TVD. That's nice. Yeah. How come you didn't go TVD? TVD is one of my emails. TV, is it? TVD PDX. Wow. Yeah. Thomas Vincent, that's nice. It is. It is. If you knew my uncle Vince, I don't know. Sure, I'm not sure. Was well, he, my uncle Vince was. Was he the one in Baltimore who killed people? Well, he didn't kill people. Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> he threatened to kill people. I don't know. I I I, I don't. I don't people? have. I, I don't have any proof. Right. 
You know, we don't I, want any. I, I was away from that side of the family for you know for most of my life. Were you estranged? Except for one time, I was I was I was producing stories for Evening Magazine, PM Magazine. PM Magazine here in, in Baltimore. Oh, okay. it was one of the flagship five, original five of those. And uh, and and I did a story on a guy who ran a uh, uh, an Italian restaurant in downtown Baltimore, who turned out. Uh, was from the same town in Sicily. <laughs> really? That the D'Antonis were from. So was Vincent originally Vince? Italian? Was he born in Italy? No. Uh, no. The the children were, were, were born in Baltimore, but the grandparents were born in Italy. I have very dim memories of my I never I never met my Italian grandfather. But um, I mean I have vivid memories of my Italian grandmother. And I could not understand the things she said. Wow. Nothing. I couldn't understand anything. Just thick. Even when she was speaking English. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know. So you're, I mean, you're deeply rooted in, Itali in the Italian. I do identify. Yes. Oh. Yes. Do you speak it? No. You don't? No. Well, I can speak it, but I don't know what the words are. You okay. I mean? Right. Of course. Yeah, 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 you can read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No problem. Yeah. Um, how long have you been here? How long have you been up here now? Four years. Wow. Has it been that long? Yeah. It's weird. Do you want to go back? Sure. Would you, would you like me to? No. Um, <laughs> no. I thought that was a if suggestion. It, if it makes you happy. You know what? There, there is. You know, it, having lived in Los Angeles for so long. Yeah. I, you know, I I grew up there. Really tried to anyway. From age what? Eighteen. Ah. Eighteen to forty. Uh, you left 40? Portland to go to L.A. I did. Well, yeah. I, I went to UCLA. Yeah. Uh, so I went to college down there. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, that's where my sphere of influence and I became yeah. independent. I became a create more, you know, yeah. independently creative and then found my, my flock. Yes. So to speak. And <clears throat> so identity wise, it was really tough to leave. You know, even though I grew up here. Uh -huh. You know, inevitably, you come back to where you grew up, especially if you left when you were young. You become, you know, identified as, as the person you were when you left. Oh, how was that? Well, you know, I'm, uh, it's, you know, people call me Andy. Oh, And so Andy. I know how they knew me. They yeah. call me Andy. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that I, I'm ashamed of who I was then. I mean, I don't, intrinsically, we're the same people. But You've never seemed like an Andy to me. I don't feel Andy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, Andy. Andy. Hi, Andy. <laughs> um, but I love, I, you know, I, I love the. The, the people I grew up with here. I'm yeah. Very lucky. Yeah. Um, but do I want to go back? Sometimes I do. Uh -huh. uh, what do I'm, you miss? I miss the weather. Ah, uh, yes. Because I'm a sun worshiper. Yes. As yes. you can tell by my complexion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I miss uh, the energy of that city. What energy? <laughs> you don't feel it? <laughs> I lived there. You didn't feel it? It was. It was. A, I felt it. It wasn't good though. You didn't like it. <laughs> no. You know, everybody's experience is different. Yeah. Had you hung out with my flock well you had more you, you had more success it. than i did you think yeah well yeah. you know I, I got lucky i really got lucky pretty early on and but you know more than the success of, of record deals and things like that was the success of people who i who i you know hung out with yeah awesome awesome and we weren't people who went out and hung out in bars and clubs not at all mm -hmm. we were stoners who yeah who who had you know a a, a village of Freaks, and we hung out of people's places and uh -huh. apartments. Yeah. We didn't have homes. We didn't have the money for that. Yeah. And we got high, and we sang about each other's balls and vaginas, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Six-part harmony. Sure. About how we were gonna, you know, fuck each other. Yeah. It was yeah, so, yeah. and you know, to this day, we'll get together and revisit those songs. 
and I hope one day we'll record them. You should record them. That would there be should so be great. a document. They're all country songs. Is In that fact, right? Yeah, I have a song. I have a song on this new album I put out called Black Blood. Yeah, and it's about that experience. Uh, it's about identity. In, in whose style? In, in the, the country songs. Yeah. Well, I mean, country songs have that sort of traditional. It's 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 probably very. Um, some of it would be. Um, <laughs> Uh, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. For outlaws kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As some opposed to like... Some of it's, you know, clapping, uh, you know, six-part. Yeah. As opposed to like Porter Wagoner, Roy Clark stuff. Correct. Okay. Well, it'd be like, I like fucking and you like fucking to him. You know? Stuff like that. When I get drunk, I see with double vision. I hadn't been that horny since the Spanish Inquisition. I fucked your twin cousins in the car at the reception on the day of your wedding night. Stuff like that. It's hard to disagree with those right? sentiments there. You so know? can you imagine how much fun those parties were? Yeah. Where everyone loved each other. Yeah. We were uh, in a heightened state of, of euphoria. Yeah. Not only because of the pot we were smoking. Yes. Or the drink we were drinking. Right. But because of this great, we knew that something re that this was just really special. Yeah. And we knew it probably wasn't going to last. How can it? Correct. And um, and we just sucked the marrow out of that. Yeah. Oh, I understand because I was the publisher of the underground paper, the hippie paper in Baltimore. Okay. And we all lived in one house. So Did you? I get it. So yeah, I mean. Yeah. Everybody, you know, a lot of people have experienced that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, how many people were in that house? Well, it was kind of a movable feast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> movable feast. Well, was, you know, people like were a lot of people were coming and going, so to speak. And uh, you know, <laughs> there maybe were some there maybe words. were like you know maybe eight of us actually living there. It it had been we actually had two houses. Wow. Yeah. The the I lived in the annex, uh, which had been the the place where um, Divine was raped by a giant lobster in a John Waters movie. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> uh, Multiple Maniacs was the name of that movie. But and, let me ask uh, you a question. Can we just yeah. go back to the lobster rape? Yes. It was very slow moving. I'm just wondering I, what a lobster penis looks like and how that Well, works. I don't think he had one there. It was, okay. it was, it wasn't, it, there were no close-ups. Okay. Except maybe of her face. Okay. So um, more of like a... A claw penetration? I, I, well, it, there was it, it, there was no you couldn't have penetration in those days because in those days, Maryland, the state of Maryland, had a censor board. You couldn't show that with this insane woman named Mary Avera, and they and I did, actually did a TV story on them and I lit it. I, and and, I, and there were all the all three censors were sitting there in a darkened room, you know, and I lit them so it, they looked. Sinister, right? And it was their job to sit there and say what could go and what could what we could see and what we couldn't see. And so I made her look like a fool. wasn't hard, wasn't hard. But um, <laughs> so you know, and in those that was that was nineteen seventy. I mean, you know? when is the documentary on you going to happen? <laughs> because this is some shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to document this. I don't know. How can I help you do that? I don't know. You got any money? I got some money. Yeah, let me see. What do you, what do you see got? What, I got what, do you, what do you got? Hey. Hey. I got 27 bucks. 27 bucks. Let's get this going. Well, that's that's a good start. Let's start that's a Kickstarter. A good, that's a good <laughs> Okay. We'll start with my 27 bucks right here.
I'm sold on this. So were you playing? You were playing music when you went to L.A. Yeah. You know what? I was more of an actor. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you go down there to study acting? Yeah, I was a theater major. Wow. But I had already done things. Uh-huh. I used because I, you know, do you remember the Portland Civic Theater? Were you here when that was around? No, I came here in '97. Okay, so yeah, it was that was that's yeah. a parking lot now Is by it? the by the. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm the, sorry. The stadium over there. Yeah. <laughs> and that was where I cut my teeth at 10 years old. Oh. I auditioned for Oliver, and I'd never done a play in my life. Did you get for for the part of Oliver? Yep. And I got the part of Oliver. Got it. Nailed it, huh? Nailed it. Wow. Uh, well, you know, luckily I had my cousin Michael Allen Harrison, uh-huh. who was already this, you know. Well, that helps. He was, and so he played for me. Yeah. Um, and he gave me great advice early on. I'll bet. He was like a brother to me, and still is. Um, and he, you know, it's great. He he prepared me for that audition pretty well. Yeah. And my mother, who you was still remember ex- the tunes? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where is the love? I didn't sound like a woman though, like I do right now. <laughs> you sounded like a little I kid. Like a little kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mother was a performer uh-huh. back in the day, and helped me here in Portland. Yeah. The Miller sisters. So uh-huh. she helped me. And um, what did they sing? The Miller sisters? Yeah. Oh, they sang just cover tunes, like old fifties stuff. Like what kind of? Like what? God, I, I couldn't even tell you. Isn't that really? sad? It is sad. Uh, you know, but did they sing rock and roll or pre-rock and roll? It like, was it was rock and rollish, but you know, the, it, was, it, it, was, it was probably like um, female doo-wop, folky. Yeah, oh, it was doo-wop. Oh, folky. It was probably doo-wop-y. There were three of them. They said uh, it was like, uh, you know, three-part harmony. Uh huh. So acoustic guitars. Yeah. What would be an example uh, of that? Of the kind Magic of Dragon. Yeah, probably. Uh huh. Peter Paul and Mary stuff. That's fine. Um, my my aunt really is big. A, my aunt is a protest singer in New York still. Really? Yeah. Wow. Beverly Grant. She's a commie. She's related to Tom Grant. Really? Yeah. So she's a commie. She's kind of a. Commie. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. She's got. Some, Everybody should have commies in their family. She's got. Oh yeah. She's yeah. feisty. Yeah. Still at seventy. Yeah. Feisty. Uh-huh. Well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You'd like her. <laughs> I probably would. You would like. You got her phone number? Is she married? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's married anymore. Okay, anyway. Um, so anyway, okay, so you so you came out of that. I did I did the yeah. acting thing up here early on. And yeah. then I then I had an agent early on up here. And so I did commercials and then I would go to Seattle for, who? for Fred Meyer and for uh, speaking parts? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they let me speak. Wow. And then I would audition for movies up here and uh-huh. I would get parts. You know, I was I, I became so experienced so fast. Yeah. Um and and then eventually I did a play and and Brian Dennehy huh. uh, showed up because his girlfriend was the lead in the play uh-huh. at the Portland Civic Theater uh-huh. and I have I happened to have a party afterwards my parents did uh-huh. and he said you know you should consider this as a career you're good at this wow. I was I don't know 14 wow so he helped me get an agent down there jeez and so I would fly in the morning or six in the morning I'd get, go to the airport I would take a flight by myself. I'd get a super shuttle. I'd go to my agents. I'd get a script. I'd look at it. I'd go to an audition. I'd sit by myself in a fucking Burger King yeah. and look at the script, prepare myself. Of course, it's a game of numbers. I didn't get everything. Yeah. But I ended up getting, you know, Ernest Goes to Camp, which I was in. I Growing Pades episode. Did you have scenes with Jim Varney? I did. Did oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I should have brought the pictures. You should have. We got to meet uh, Stevie Wonder on that trip in Tennessee. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, but Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Yeah. Because, you know, he drank himself to death. 
doesn't matter. It's Jim he was Varney. an interesting guy. He, of course. How a, could he not be? He was so interesting. He, yeah. There was a woman named Too Tall Tina who would show up all the time. She was like 6'5". <laughs> and he, he literally proposed to her every three weeks. She would, she would reject him. I was with him on his 40th birthday. Yeah. He was drinking out of a vodka bottle. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine me with 16-year-olds on your 40th birthday getting drunk in front of them in a motel? Jeez. And he would be on his back like this, and he was able to, you know, flip himself up with his legs. Look at this. I'm fucking. Four. It was like reminding me of that Saturday night. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm fifty, skit. Uh, I'm forty. He would flip himself up. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. Oh, really, really interesting. Did he actually? Did he actually speak with a southern accent, or was that put yeah. on? Really? But you know, he was. He fancied himself a very serious actor. He was Shakespearean focused, trained. Yeah. 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 And then later on, my I, I took a Shakespeare class at UCLA from uh, Mr. Brady. Did you? Robert Reed was my wow. was my acting coach, <laughs> and he was one of the coolest people I've ever met. Yeah. Taught for free. What a sweet man. <laughs> that was my segue into uh, Robert naming name dropping Robert. Oh Reed. yes. Thank you. Thank you for you. letting no, me do that. Certainly, no problem. Um, um, so I don't know what we were talking. about. We we're talking about Jim Varney. Oh right. Yes. <laughs> now we're talking about you you landing gigs. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. an actor, and then uh, and then um, I I got into a, a band. I got I was in a frat. I was a frat guy. You were a frat guy. I was. Oh uh, no. I was a Sigma Chi for about a year and a half. I was a theater guy. I was a theater major who was a frat guy. Which wow. Was very strange. That is. That doesn't happen. It doesn't. Wow. Um, that's weird stuff going on. Oh, it's. I'll turn the. It's I'll turn the. Uh, if people who don't re uh, remember that I'm doing this. Oh. Okay. So, okay. So I did it shall that, only vibrate from And then now I got on. into a band yeah. for, because of the frat. Wow. Because they had oh, frat yeah, bands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did Star Search previous to that when I was 16. Uh -huh. Remember Star Search? Yeah, of course. So I did that while Ed I McMahon. was filming Ernest Goes to Camp. So I, I was, did you meet Ed McMahon? Oh, yeah. From oh. the brief moment I was on stage. Yes. You don't meet him before that. <laughs> no, of course not. Boy, Why would he want to talk to you? Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. Um, <laughs> so during the time I did Ernest Goes to Camp, I did Star Search. And then, um, uh, shit, where was I? You were uh, playing in a frat band. Oh, yeah. And so um, so I loved, I was always a singer. You yeah. know, I always yeah. had that belty uh -huh. you know, thing. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, I recorded some, some original songs. These guys in, in, who were a part of the Hollywood band scene yeah. who had just lost their singer to some record deal ah. heard you know life is so weird isn't it yeah. it's all you know oh, yeah. outlying you know yep. timing yep. Um, and it can go in either direction it sure can yes and so they heard this thing and they were sort of tapped into to a scene and this this, this drummer of ours lived in a mansion yeah. in Beverly Hills his dad was a brain surgeon who lived in New York oh. so these two brothers lived in a mansion by themselves oh jeez so you talk about being in a, in a Cool band. Yeah. You're growing your hair. You're hippie-ish, but you rock. Yeah. And you get to party afterwards every show in a mansion. Jeez. This the culture that it created was was so crazy, and so there was this huge bidding war for us, really, really fast. Huh. And that's when the Sony thing happened, and uh -huh. John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin happened. And, wow. and you're like, oh, well, this was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. So you you know, um, you get you get humbled. At least I did. Uh, you know, years later when things don't go the way you think they're going to go. Yeah. So an, an album came out. Album came out under Sony. 
yeah. which uh, a subsidiary of that called the, oh, the, the name of the band Elephant Ride, uh -huh. and then uh, Fiona Apple was on our label. Uh huh. She got all the attention. Yes, understandably so. I understand. She, she yeah. danced around in her underwear. Right. When I did, people didn't film it. Right. 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 Um, you had just shaved. You had just shaved your body. You know what? I, I should have. You should. Have. I didn't have a whole lot of hair to begin with. Well, I do shave it now. Oh, well that's, but that's a little too late. It's, it's because you realize if you do, yeah, it adds two inches. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that. I've heard it's a that. true story. I've heard that. So um, yeah, and and uh, and then I was another band, another band called Virgil. After that, uh -huh. and then I recorded a, a trippy version of Fight for Your Right to Party, uh -huh. which I rewrote the song with the lyrics. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then one, this music supervisor got a hold of it. Yeah. And she decided she wanted to try to get it put on One Tree Hill, this TV show. A little, a little closer. There you go. Good. And um, the Beastie Boys never licensed their music. They're militant about it. So, you know, wow. everyone was like, you're not going to get them to use it. Yeah. And it was so cool to watch these emails come through uh -huh. where, where they're like, so-and-so said yes. Uh, Mike D. We're still waiting for Mike D. Because he never says yes. Rick Rubin's cool with it. Wow. Mike D. Finally said, "Yeah, I'll do it." Uh, uh, so that was the cool thing. So then I got this song on uh -huh. One Tree Hill, and then uh, and then I got signed to a to a deal in Europe solo. Wow. It's, it's been a really trippy, you know, roller coaster of uh -huh. you know being a, a server in a restaurant and then getting signed and going to Europe and and touring around and opening for Deep Purple. <laughs> Deep Purple. Deep Purple. Makes zero sense. Smoke on the water. That's right. Then Thin Lizzy and Uriah Heep. Oh, geez. Could you imagine this skinny kid from 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 you know America with his acoustic guitar opening in front of you know fifteen hundred people solo? Yeah, by myself. Wow. Without these people knowing, these Germans who are very hard rock. Yeah, yeah. And they the lights go out. They think that Thin Lizzy's coming on. Yeah. Instead, I come out. Oh, geez. And you can hear them going, huh? So who's, I had that was a tough gig. Who's this skinny kid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and wow. so I played for my 25 minutes, and then. Wow. And then I then I got to hang out with my tour manager and my and my sound guy, and I would steal wine from the other bands. How old were rooms. you then? This was only six years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was you know 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just a teenager. Just a teenager. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and so it's been great, man. I mean, I, I am a lucky man. Uh -huh. That's how I feel. But you moved here. I was you married. Moved. I was I moved here because I was main. I'm from here. Yeah. Married. Moved away from all all that stuff, all the management, all the work. Yeah. I did because I was trying to salvage my marriage. I see. And that you know that was yeah. important. That was yeah. more important. All right. That's that's um, honorable. It turned out to not work. Well. Um, but you know what? I would have, uh, I would feel a lot less peaceful about it had I not tried. Yeah. Um, to the nth degree. Yeah. And unturned every stone. Yeah. And this was the final stone to sort of unturn. Yeah. And it didn't work, and that's okay. Ah. That's okay. Ah. Even though it was the right thing to do, it was still really, really difficult. Yeah. And you know, now I'm really fortunate that I teach a lot. You do. Yep. I I teach singing to kids. Uh -huh. I teach guitar uh -huh. to kids. I run a workshop out of the Lakewood Center for the Performing Arts, uh -huh. where these kids, I audition kids, and these great singers at the end of this workshop get to play with a live band, sing with a live band. Uh -huh. That's awesome. And I play more than I've ever played. Huh. But don't you want to get back in like, like you were? 
I don't even know what back end means, you know. I'm uh, with 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 social networking and yeah. how that works. I don't know that, that it matters. I don't know I don't know if it matters where you are. Yeah. And you know, yeah. as you get older, I, you know, I don't need to be a superstar. Uh, you know, and I don't know what even relevant means anymore. Uh-huh. I, it's great to be relevant, but to whom? Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. I want to be relevant to these kids I'm working with. Uh-huh. I couldn't do that in LA. And uh, so I don't know, man. I don't know if, if I'm meant to go back or not uh-huh. because the marriage didn't work. Yeah. I could. Yeah. Um, but I do have family here and I love them. Yeah. My parents are getting older. Right. So right. I don't want to miss out on that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, yeah. did, didn't haven't your interests change? Your dreams change? Ad, you know, adult dreams are different from from child's dreams. I still uh, hold that you're never too old to have a hit. Whatever think, hit means. Do you think that's true? Yes. Because re- remember, remember the Macarena. Yes. <laughs> remember those two old guys? Yeah, that's true. They got rich off of that. Do you think that they're rich still because of that song? Yeah. They, do you think they still make money? They wrote money? it. You know, that thing is licensed. There's like There are companies who put out collections of tunes for guys and, and DJ companies and DJs right, and who, who play one. weddings and, corporate and, and, and little company parties and birthdays and anniversaries, and they put out sets of tunes. Of, of, you know, to play compilations of stuff, and Macarena is on every one of them. I, I guess you have to be willing to write a certain kind of song, well, and yeah. be a certain kind, yes, of, <laughs> you know, dog and pony show. I'm certainly not that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a silly guy, and I don't take myself that seriously. But I take what I do seriously. Uh-huh. So I don't know that that would jive with me to be the Macarena. Duo, <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't I know that that would that would work. My my music doesn't appeal to that sensibility. Right. You know, very few pieces of music. Right. Uh, do. But I think people yeah. try. I think people. Oh yeah. Will try to write that kind of song. Sure. Sure. Unsuccessfully, most of the time. Most of the it's time. not easy to write that kind of song, right? It's no, hard. No. Imagine the guy who wrote the electric slide. I couldn't even imagine because I didn't even know no idea who he is. He's getting checks. We'll get checks until the day he dies. Is that dun 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 dun? No, that's the hustle. Oh, okay. What's the electric slide again? And then it's a line dance. Anyway, I actually interviewed Van McCoy, the guy who wrote the hustle. No kidding. Yes, at the Congressional Black Caucus in D.C. in their in their office, right around the time that the hustle was was. At its peak. So 70s? Yeah. And he said, <laughs> I said, well, you know, uh, what's, what's behind that? He said, well, you know, I, I, I never saw the dance. They just gave me a tempo and gave me some idea of what, of what they wanted. And I just wrote the tune. So the dance came before that song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, he, he, you know, and probably still getting checks for it. And again, you know, so much about success is timing. Sure. Luck. Have sure. you read that book, Outliers? No. You know, it, it. it's really a story about timing. Yeah. I could have had a, a long career as a TV segment producer in L.A. if King World had made one decision. 
What was that decision? I was, uh, remember uh, the guy, the, the, the black guy in WKRP in Cincinnati, I'm trying to remember his name, can't remember his name anyway. Yeah, Tim, Tim, what's his name? Anyway, the point is, King World cooked up this, this, um, this uh, talk show with him and his wife. Tim and Tammy, or Tim and somebody, right? And they did some shows in L.A. and to test it, and then they brought it to Baltimore. And I got hired on as a segment producer, and I was really good. How come you were so good at it? What made you good at it? Because I know where. Because you were a creative thinker too, yeah, in addition to being detail oriented. I just, I just know what a, what a, what, I know what makes a good interview. I know who makes a good interview. I, I, I know how to structure an interview. Um, which I did not do with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so good about it. Yeah, uh, and, um, uh, and and I, I mean that's just that's just I just have a talent for it. Anyway, so curiosity. They 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 tested it for a few months. I was getting nice money, you know. Uh, tested it in Baltimore for for a few months, and uh, it was kind of uh, Regis and Kathy with two black people as huh. as the talent. It was a good idea, right? So, comes down, King World has to make a decision. Which show do they pick up? Do they pick up this one? Or do they pick up a talk show starring Chuck Woolery? And they chose Chuck Woolery. And that show didn't last six months. It didn't last even two and two? Right. And uh, I, they, I, I was on my way to L.A. with these guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I I mean, I have tons of those misses sure. in life. Yeah. yeah. But um you know, there's something to the teaching thing that that makes me believe that that I might be in the in the perfect spot. Well, it it's a soul-feeding experience. It's, it's rewarding. It's and it's selfish, rewarding. of yeah. course, because everything is in terms of how it makes me feel. Right. But it also is um it also benefits other people. Yeah. And that's as you get older least in my experience, that becomes a lot more important. What can you do to, to serve the world? What are you best at that can be good for the world? Right. Not just good for yourself. Right. And that's why, um, that's why I moved home. It's becoming very clear. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's why I moved home, to pass on all that stuff. I've been working my whole life yeah. at honing skills, yeah. performing skills, yeah. writing skills. Uh, performance and, and uh, singing and all that stuff. Uh -huh. And I didn't realize maybe, now I'm realizing maybe why I did. Yeah. I was doing it for myself then, of course. but uh -huh. yeah. And now you're working pretty regularly. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it's awesome. I really, yeah. I love kids. Yeah. Huge fan. I love people, you know, pretty much in general. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, kids are great. But I mean, you're performing pretty regularly. Yeah. Almost to the point where I can't keep up with it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because uh, because I you know I'm not a soft singer. I'm a belter. Yeah. And that'll take a lot out of you if, if you do three hours. Okay. Let's take a little coffee break. Good. And play something from this album. Okay. Called Saboteur. Saboteur. What what tune on here? We will play for maybe 45 seconds or a minute. Uh, would be a good example of Andrew Paul Woodruff, the belter. That's a great question, Tom. Thank you. God, you're I, good. I love when people say you that. You are But it's so basically people say that damn because they can't think of what, they can't think of the answer. People, um, you, you know, because people, they're yeah, they're, they're buying time. Right. You know what else is? You know what else? You know what the magic question is for an interviewer? What? Okay. 
secret. Okay. If, if, I won't tell if you're being interviewed and you hear the interviewer say this, 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 ask you this question, you know that the interviewer has had a brain fart. Okay. That they don't know what to, they don't know what to say next, and they and they've drawn a blank. Okay. If they say you finish an answer and they say, what's the challenge in that? <laughs> that is the magic question. Yes, I teach that to every one of my writers. What's the, what's, the, what's the challenge in that? And there's always an answer. Right. There's always an answer. Because right. so. everybody wants to be yeah. challenged. Have I given you enough time? Yes. Uh, you know, the fr- <laughs> I think the first song on this would be uh, Fell in Love with the Moment would be a cool Okay. Example. We're going to take a little bit of coffee break here and come back with uh, – Is it okay if I have a beer break? You can do whatever you'd like. Thank you.
You know what? It's uh, it's a magical thing. <laughs> Do you like? You don't like beer. I love beer. It just doesn't agree with me. It doesn't. No. What happens? I get sick. Makes me makes my stomach upset. Really? Um, you get the tchotchkes? I don't know what I get. No, tchotchkes is something you put on a shelf. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. you're not Jewish, are you? Tchotchkes. I am actually half Jewish. Which half? Uh, lower. Okay. Yeah. That's the one that I was counts. circumcised. <laughs> No, when I was when I was coming up, everybody everybody had the same thing. Everybody got circumcised. They did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't don't they still? I don't I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I don't have data on on that question. You know what? Because if you don't, you're open to ridicule, unfortunately, <laughs> because your thing looks like a snake with a turtleneck sweater on. Yeah. And and kids, kids can be harsh. Kids today. You know? Kids today. Yeah, just today. They were yeah. never like that in the past. <laughs> all right, Thank so you for playing that, by the way. I sure, appreciate that. Sure. I hope people liked it. Me too. Um, all right, so you come up here, mm -hmm. and and Anna Amon, our, our publisher, uh, says, there's this guy <laughs> who thinks he wants to write for you. <laughs> Is that what she said? Well, thinks something, he wants something like that. Who would right. like to write something like that. Right. <clears throat> And I said, as I always do, yes, immediately. Right. <laughs> because the shelf life of Oregon music news writers, uh, not generally a whole lot. Not generally. A well, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough when people are working for free to keep yes. them going. Right. You know? Yes. Okay. So you get involved, mm -hmm. and I'm having fun working with you. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty much. <laughs> well. <laughs> A little exasperating. What was exasperating? You you would you took you would take a long time. I did. Yeah, but uh, there was a reason. I, it doesn't matter. I, I'm technologically challenged. I don't care. Right. Right. Who cares? I want the story. Right. Fuck you. Gotcha. Give me the story. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Good lessons to learn. <laughs> so, um, and I, I I really loved your stories. I really Thank really you. really. And then all of a sudden you went away. Right. And I was really disappointed. I'm sorry. I was really really disappointed because I loved having you in the, in the magazine. It, you I know, I you loved were, it too. I loved. I thought you were terrific. Thank you. You know, and now I hate your guts because you quit. I don't blame you. Yeah. I hate my guts. Well, I know, but it's... you know more about yourself than I do. Right. I mean, so I can you relate. Have more reason to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how much I can relate to you now, <laughs> even more. Yeah. I mean, it's like we were saying the other day. You know, that I'm I'm stupider than you. You are stupider. I am. I'm proud of it. You know what, though? Here's the thing. People always you're say you're smart enough to know that you're stupider than me. So I don't know. How that works. The thing is, I tell people how stupid I am, and they don't believe me. Hmm. They don't believe me. I try to tell people. I try to tell people, I'm, 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 a, I'm a fucking idiot. Huh. Right? And they won't believe me. They think. Do you do this over the phone or in person? Both. 
in emails, in texts, in tweets, in Facebook, on Facebook, on yeah. the phone, in person. Wow. You know. But they do say, well, oh, no, no, you know so much. You have no idea what's in my head, okay, or what's not in my head. And how dare they disagree with you. That's right. Right? <laughs> That's rude. It is. It is. Well, it's clear that you're a pretty smart guy. I mean, you're interviewing yeah. me right now. Well, that's Genius. True. I did choose that, yes. Genius. That was a good choice, yes. I had a great time writing for you. Yeah. Some, I mean, that was a great way for me to indoctrinate myself into, you know, this city and and the music scene and meeting really crazy characters and like, fun, like Courtney Taylor Taylor. There you go. Who was awesome. Uh uh, Steve Berlin. Okay. Oh, Steve Berlin. Oh, mm -hmm. Steve Berlin's in Steve Berlin's Yeah. He he produced an album that's coming out in in, uh, in April, I believe, with the Roseland Hunters. What's that? They're a, they're a great funk band. Really they're great. He plays Barry on it. They're amazing. Anyway, we've covered them. I, I you know we were the first to cover them. But anyway, do you go out and listen to music very often? Not as much as I used to. Because you're pretty busy in the evenings. No, doing no, not, not as much as I used to. Because about two years ago, I was transcribing an interview with Esperanza Spalding with earbuds, and I had to uh, turn it up loud to understand what she was saying, and blew my ear out. You, what do you mean you blew it out? Ten, a ten, terrible tinnitus. Lost about a third of the upper register in my left ear. Gone. The upper, yeah. Still upper, gone. The upper third. Oh yeah, it doesn't come back. You know, uh, and and gave me labyrinthitis. What's labyrinthitis? Well, it's an inner ear thing where you get, uh, you know. Echoing? You, no. You, when you first get it, you get vertigo. And anyway, it's not That's good. a terrific word. It is great. It's, it's unless you have it. Right. Well, <laughs> the word itself can still be terrific yeah. even though you have it. Not really. No? The word becomes <laughs> not good. malignant. And the thing is they test my hearing and they go like, well, you know, your hearing's really not that bad for a man your age. I wanted to kill him. I wanted to Ooh, strangle him. How dare they? I know. Anyway, so no, so I, I don't get out as much as I used to. But um, I wanted to, did you find Courtney Taylor Taylor to be like the quintessential rock star personality? You know what? The, the thing is, I don't know that there is a quintessential rock star person. I find him to be very cerebral. Uh -huh. um, you know, when I think of quintessential rock star, I think of detached uh, uh -huh. and too cool for school and okay. drug-laced. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I think I went into it a little bit differently than most people would have mm -hmm. because I wasn't going into it interviewing him on his music per se. Yeah. I was going into it interviewing a script that he had written uh, oh, for yes. yeah. his uh, – what was that? It was a crazy project, um, and it was, a, it was like a, a cartoon just type. Do a, everybody, just do a search on Oregon Music News or Courtney Taylor Taylor. And, and so I had read, read the, the script, and as an English major, because after I was a theater major, I was an English major, yeah. I really dissected this thing. Yeah. And I read the whole thing, and I had notes on it. Yeah. And then I you know, attributed his, his personality to mm -hmm. what he was writing about and why he was writing about mm -hmm. those things. And he and his buddy looked at me, and they went, Whoa! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You really have like yeah. taken the time. Yeah. I don't know that. So so we had a really cool yeah conversation about things. One of those things was which I brought up earlier because yeah. I even asked him. I said, "What are you best at?" Yeah. yeah. Which I think is a really valid question. Uh -huh. Most people don't think about that. Uh -huh. What are you best at? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, "That's yeah. A, you know." He goes, "Yeah. What are you best? What do you?" And like I said earlier, what are you yeah. best at uh -huh. that can serve the world? Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's that's where that's what we spoke about. Huh. So I I don't know what a quintessential rock star would how they would have responded yeah. to that question. We'll put that link up on the on on, on the post. Um, I I thought he was cool. Yeah. I mean he wasn't uh, he he wasn't going to uh, um, you know be my best friend after that or anything yeah. like that. And, yeah. I think there was certain, uh, certainly a distance that probably quintessential rock stars. Maybe that's what you're talking about. Yeah. There's probably a distance that you that you can feel uh-huh. because they're protected or they don't need to give you too much, yeah. nor do they want to. Did you get to the level where you were protected? Protected? Yeah. <clears throat> what do you mean? Like people. They're, they're, oh, with my personality? Yeah. With with yeah with you know when 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 you were at your at your peak, you know commercial. No, okay. I was never at that high of a level. Okay. You know, we were sought after as a as an up and coming band in yeah. the industry. Yeah. But people didn't know who we were enough. Okay. You know, we toured with Dishwala. Yeah. We toured with Beth Hart. There you go. Do you know Beth Hart? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yeah. What a great, what a voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we never broke. We never broke through to a to a level where. Yeah. We, we, you know, we we wanted to pretend that we were on our way. Uh-huh. We drove around in our van, and yeah. um, uh, but no, we never, we just didn't get to a level where we, yeah. where I could be, uh-huh. and maybe that's a good thing. So, who is in your band these days? Do you have a, a regular working band? I do. Yeah, I play as a duo quite often uh-huh. with my cousin Brian, uh-huh. my cousin Brian Harrison, uh-huh. who is who is related to Michael. Yes, his younger brother. Okay, who is the Best guitar player I've ever heard, oh. and our whole, you know, other yeah. guitar players go, holy shit! Yeah. yeah, and he comes from a metal thing. He was in a band called Dirty Rhythm uh-huh. back in the day. Then he started a project called Dirty Little Fingers. Of course, uh-huh. Dirty has to be in there yes. for some reason. <laughs> he's just a great, and he sings yeah. great. Uh-huh. Um, our voices, because we're family, blend really well together. Uh-huh. And you really think that's a factor? Sure. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to pretend it is. I don't have any scientific proof that it is, but yeah. I think there's certainly a, a timbre. Uh-huh. Um, there's a sensibility in the DNA, I think, uh-huh. that we have. We, but we you know we understand. I think that's why it's so easy to work together. Well. And even with Michael, Michael will come up and play. Uh-huh. We understand a certain thing about music that we appreciate and each other. Yeah, yeah. you know, a crescendo element to it, yeah. uh, a, a melodic sensibility. They both have great ears for things. Mm-hmm. Um, my ear for harmony is not as great as somebody who isn't a lead singer, because I don't sing as much harmony as other people do. Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm always singing the lead, and I don't have to work out the harmony as often. Um, so Brian's awesome. So I have Brian, and then I have a guy named Scott Mattern mm-hmm. and a guy named Todd Braden. Scott drums, Todd bass, who are guys I grew up with in Lake Oswego. Wow. They are a couple years older than I am, but I've known them since we were little kids. So I'm in this sort of dream situation where I have my cousin and two guys I've known since I was a kid. It's just, you know, another reason why I feel validated in my move home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm very, very privileged Mm -hmm. that these people will play with me. Did you did you play with them when you were a kid? No, no. Just it's just it. funny though because when you're a solo artist and you're not called a band, yeah, people don't stick with you as much. Uh huh. You know, unless they're making tons of money. Uh huh. Because you know, it's not an ego trip for them. Yeah. They, their name's not up there. Right. 
hey, I'm in Andrew Paul right? Woodworth. And I write all these songs. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, 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 them, so what's yeah. in it for them? Yeah. To make their 150 bucks a show? or, um, So this has been just a cool, heartwarming, and they're great, and they're, they're really great players. Yeah. And they can play with anybody, and they choose to play with me. Hmm. It's cool. Wow. So, uh, and I, I play all the time. Wow. In different incarnations. It's great. Wow. You should come see us. I have seen you. Well, one time. That's more than once. No. Yes. How many times, Tom? I don't know. Three. No, Tom. Uh-huh. I think it was yeah. once at Jimmy Max. I think it was more than once. No. Nope. You didn't know I was there. Really? Probably. That was you? It was me. I was the guy in the hat. <laughs> you were the guy in the Superman cape and the yeah. blue tights? <laughs> no. At least you're not my stalker. No. That's nice. You have a stalker. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, you know, that's been one of the hazards of, of this world. Yeah. One of the hazards of this city. Is it, first of all, first of all is it a male or female stalker? Uh, female. So what's the problem? Right? <laughs> I should be so lucky. Yeah. Um, She's obsessed. This is a very incestuous town. Oh. And something that I'm not used to. Tell me about and it. And the thing that makes me slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Is that it is, everybody knows everybody. Yes. Um, you have to be very careful what relationships you create, with whom you create uh-huh. them. And uh, and for some reason, this girl has just become, you know, she's not she's not well. And that's oh. the sad part. Uh. Obviously, if you're stalking somebody, you're not well. So she has delusions, and she's schizophrenic, and she um, oh boy. Is, is, a, is an attractive person, and she um, and I made some mistakes early on, probably. I shouldn't have yes. had sex with her. Yes. I didn't know. You don't know someone's a stalker. No, certainly um, not. So it has come to her breaking into my home. Oh, It has my come God. to her uh, flying to L.A. for shows of mine. Uh, it has come to her losing her child, living in a car. Um, she, I used to get uh, last summer. I got calls from a wedding cake place, a wedding gown factory, um, a BMW dealership. All these places that expected payment from me for this wedding we were having and this car she was going to buy. Wow, it's not something I'm really proud of, and but it's very interesting. Restraining order. I tried to, but she doesn't have a, ho- a home, so oh, she can't be served. More than anything, I just want her to get help. Yeah. You know, I'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think more than anything, you wanted to get the fuck away from you. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do want Secondarily, her, she should get help. My, um, you know, my heart, Leave me alone, number one. Right. And get yourself some My heart goes two. out to, to someone who's that fucked up. Yeah. She has a child, and, right. you know, by all accounts, she was a, a cool, normal, normal person. And so know, she years met ago. you. Right. She jumped the shark <laughs> when she heard wow. me. Wow. So. You know that's. Uh, you know I could I could stalk you, and you don't even have to. Have, I don't even have to have sex with you. It sounds like you already are. I mean, you've been to three shows now, and 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 didn't didn't reveal myself. No, no, you're like a phantom. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I got you here though, didn't I? You sure did, <laughs> unbeknownst to myself. I don't even know I'm here right now. I'm so drunk. Yeah, well, drink up. This is thank you for the free beer. Drink up. Somebody, my mic is paying for it. Mike Smith, the the manager here, really very good to us. Yes. Hmm. Now, what have you seen a show lately? No, you haven't been out lately because no. of the hearing problem. Correct. So, do you think you'll? What's going to happen? I, I don't know. I mean, you're a music lover. Wear earplugs. Can't imagine you not going to shows. Wear earplugs. 
What's the best concert you've ever seen in your life? Let's see. It could have been the Art Ensemble of Chicago in, uh, in the Pension Building in D.C. The Argonne? Art Ensemble oh. of Chicago. I like Argonne Ensemble. No. Could we change that? No, okay. we can't. All right, fine. Uh, Suit yourself. It could be the Residence. In uh, in DC, what's that? It's a the residents were uh, are are a a a a, 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 a surreal band. At that time, they were wearing giant eyeballs on their heads. That happened to me once. <laughs> they were known for that. They were also known for never revealing who they were to the outside world, except except I found out one of them. How? Well, I was a big. I have all of their albums, not well, the, the ones that you know that, that came out on vinyl. I have because I was a huge fan because they, they had, they had one album called Third Reich and Roll, <laughs> in which they did insane covers, truly insane covers, of Pushing Too Hard and songs like that. What? And um, and they had a, a they had a drawing of. Dick Clark and, and, and as Hitler on Third Reich Richard. and Roll. That, that reminds me, I wanted to start a band called um, Gestapo and Go, <laughs> but we'll get back to that yeah. later. And um, so they were. They, um, David Sanborn had an incredible music show on NBC years ago, and uh, one night I, I, the residents were on with Conway Twitty. Seriously, <laughs> it was like an inspired pairing because they had nothing to do with each other. What year was this? I don't know. It was in the in the in the nineties, and I I taped it and I had it and 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 there was a recitation. The residents did a recitation at the beginning before you know, before the tune started. One of them did. So years later, I'm here. You know, I'm living here. And the residents are coming to town, and and there was an early. This was in you know ninety nine or something like that. Just you know the, the it was an early music web magazine. I was writing for. I said I want to get an interview with one of the residents. So I contact their representative. No, you can't talk to him. But we have somebody here who will talk to you. So I did this long interview with him as who he says he was, who he said he was, and uh, he talked about the residents and all this stuff, right? And he just, just, and uh, and he was just hilarious, just telling me complete bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. It was great. It was great bullshit, though. and you know, it didn't matter if it was true or not, right? And so I'm listening to this guy talk to me because it was a phoner. And all of a sudden I realize this is the guy who was talking on the David Sanborn show. So I know I'm talking to one of the residents. And years later, about, I don't know, about, about five years ago they came through town. I did the same thing again. I talked to the same guy. I never revealed that I knew who he was or anything else. I kept, I kept the pretense up. But they, they come through here every couple of years, and they are they're, they're, they're the, one of the strangest. I've never heard of them. You should Google some. You, you should go to you should YouTube and look at some residents. It'll blow your mind. It's totally really? surreal. It's totally Dada. It's unbelievable. It's crazy, and you like it. Shit. I love it. You like weird stuff I like love that. that. Duh. Right? <laughs> I wrote the first review of Pink Flamingos. Okay? You did? Yeah. The first one? Yeah. Yeah. Because John Waters and I came up in Baltimore at the same time. Ah. Yeah. And I, I said, I said, you know, I, I realize that people are going to think that these are all made-up characters, but I know these people. <laughs> you know. Do you have musical ability? No, I was a. Uh, I tried. 
I was a folk singer. You were? Yes, I had. I, I was in a, a folk duo with a black woman. Ready for this? Yeah. What, guess what we called each other? What we called the band? Um, Jake and the Fat Man. No. I was not fat then. Oh. Um, she was black. I was white. Both of us still are. Oreo? No. Good one. Good. Good, good guess. No. Sodom no. and Gomorrah? No. This was, remember, this was in the folk era where there was a certain dignity. We called ourselves Ebony and Ivory? Salt and Pepper Tweed. Salt and Pepper what? Tweed. Oh, like the fabric? Like fabric. Ooh. Yes. That's because nasty. It was, we, were, we were so tightly knit. Right. We sucked. She was good. I sucked. Okay. What's she, her she, name? Her name was Carol Lyles. What is she doing now? She became a, a respected journalist. Really? And then refused to talk to me years later. <laughs> I don't know why. You don't know why? No, I don't know why. You can't predict. You can, no clue why. I don't know why. I think maybe I had a crush on her back then. Were you inappropriate with her? No, I was never. I wish I had been. Damn it. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so that, uh, so that so was it. We sang. We sang. Uh, Dylan, we sang Tom Paxton, we did Ian and Sylvia songs. So you had a voice at least enough. We had a regular gig in a coffee shop. There was a time, actually, I, 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 at the same time, it's like all people who were in their early 20s do. I tried a little of everything. At the same time I was, I was trying to be a folk singer, I was also in a production of Hamlet. There was the resident professional theater in Baltimore. Who were you? I was a soldier, you know. What I, mean? I bet you were great. No, I was kind of stood there, right? So I would, I would have. And the thing was, the, the coffee shop was about five or six blocks from the theater, and so there were so there were long periods of time when I was not on stage, right? Yeah. So I would go up and do a set in my in my in my costume because I would have to un unlace all the grommets. Right, you don't want right? to do that. Didn't want to do that, right? No. So I would do this. It must have been pretty interesting to watch. Because here's this guy up there, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a medieval soldier's outfit, you know, doing, singing folk songs, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that, that made me realize that I had no talent for it. God, what a for great music. idea, though. I mean, <laughs> if you couldn't make it singing folk music in a medieval soldier's outfit, what, what, I know. it's probably yeah. evidence that you suck. Probably. I did suck. I did suck. I readily admit I suck. See, I don't think you're as dumb as you say you are well i don't disagree with you but you know um but but the thing was um uh it's a dumb thing but you know you try you, you know you try your hand at everything you know i mean well you do well okay. not everyone does really don't you think that people live you know these lives of quiet desperation oh i guess you're not living a life of quiet desperation your no, desperation no, is in full loud it's loud <laughs> a very loud waving it like a flag yes it's beautiful. Help! It's beautiful Help! desperation. Help! <laughs> Help me! Thank goodness. Help me! See, you're one of Portland's true characters. What does you that mean? You are. What does that mean? True icon. I'm not an icon. I am not an icon. You will be once I get through with you. <laughs> okay? Get, get me management. I get me management. We've got to I get, need we've management. We've got to get the Tom D'Antoni story. I need going. management. Okay? Yeah. We need, you know what we need to do? Yeah, you need to do a movie about you. Who would play you in the movie about oh, you? Jeez, uh, well, Divine's dead. Denzel. Yeah, Denzel. <laughs> huh? Uh, see, Who would uh, be Tom D'Antoni in the geez, Tom D'Antoni story? You know. <clears throat> uh, don't you say Zach Galifianakis? 
Because I no, will smack you. No, no, I would never do that. <laughs> uh, Jeff Garland. So, oh. Because I know you know Jeff Garland. Yeah. You could get him. You could get him for the part. I could get Garland. You could. I could get Garland. I know you could. I'm thinking about somebody, you know, because you've got, you've got to go through the stages. Oh. Young Dan Tony. Who's young Dan Tony? Oh, what were you geez. like when you were young, Dan Tony? Like wild, 20s. I was a wild man. Right? I was a wild man. I had hair down in my ass and crap. Did you? Did you yes. have crabs too? Everybody had you crabs. A, you had to get a comb Everybody and a shampoo, had or did you shave that? Shit? We had. There were so many people had crabs at the, at the at the underground newspaper that they ran the the crab medicine company ran ads in the paper. Wow. <laughs> well, they ran ads in all the hippie papers because all the hippies had crabs. So if you were hanging out, you know, late night, it'd be like seafood night at the at the. At no, I mean you oh. controlled it. Because. And then and then the next runaway would come through and up. Oh, there you go again. So you had intercourse with some nasty women. They weren't nasty. They were very sweet. They were hippie. They were hippie girls. Yeah, but you know, had... all the runaways came to the they came to the underground newspaper. Yeah, but if you have crabs, it means that there's a cleanliness issue. Well, and means there's a prom promiscuity issue. Well, there's definitely a promiscuity issue, <clears throat> right? Yes, right. That's true. Because you're talking about you know. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't we. You know, you're talking about being pretty shellfish. Have, we, we didn't have crabs. 24 hours a day, every no. day of the year. What percentage of the year did you have crabs? Probably maybe 15%. 15% of the year? Yeah. That's a, that's that's a high much. percentage that's of crabs. That's, that's a high crab percentage. Well, I don't know. Did you just shave it off or did you have to use No. It? You wouldn't shave quell. it off? Quell. It was called quell. You would comb it? It was, or called, do it was a shampoo called quell. And it would just instantaneously? Bang, they were gone. Really? Yep. Poor it was crabs. like raid for your pubes. Did it make them silky and smooth? No, it just got rid of the crabs. Poor crabs. Poor crabs. Yeah. I mean, they didn't ask for that. It's a shame. Do you think it was better for the crabs to be killed or to live on your pubes? I think uh, it was better for me that they died. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of it from the crab perspective. I know, was not thinking of it from the crab's perspective. I, didn't, I, I, just, I wanted them to die. I understand that. I, now, I, thinking I didn't, about it. I didn't want them to suffer. Do you think it killed them instantaneously? I think so. Or do you I think it suffocated I, I, I think it, I hope, I hope it did. Yeah, we don't want any crab suffering. No. <laughs> but you see, you know, back then, you know, this was, you have to understand, in my early 20s, they invented the pill. Yeah. So people were going crazy. People went crazy. Are you glad you grew up in the era you oh, grew God, up? Oh, God, yes. Or would you have rather grown up now? No. Oh, no. It no, was no. way better? Oh, Or is better. it? Well, is no, no, no. It, it, you know, there, there were many aspects. For instance, many of people in my generation uh, decided wrongly to go to Vietnam and fight, a, and, and fight a war that was, they shouldn't have fought. Okay. Well, some of them didn't have a choice. Oh, no. You had a choice. The draft wasn't in? in yeah, you, you could choose not to go. How? Well, you'd have, Shoot to, yourself you'd, in the you'd, foot? you'd have to leave the country. I, um, uh, I went to the American Friends Service Committee, the Quaker organization, and because uh, I knew that they knew how to get people out, so they gave me a little list what to do, you know. But I, there did come the point where I was in front of the guy with the uniform. You did that, and handed him the papers the, the, from from uh, from the uh, from the doctor. <laughs> When I was a kid, uh, about the asthma I had had, and handed him the paper, and he had to say, you're going or you're not going. It was called the pre-induction physical. You know, I was in a miniseries called The 60s, Yeah. and my part was being in line yeah. for that, yeah. 
and faking like I was gay <laughs> to get out Did of the really draft. Did you really have to fake it? <laughs> no. Um, I had the, you know, it's when I had the hair down to here. Yeah, yeah. And my whole thing was – And crabs. Right. Actually, I've had crabs before. Of course you have. I'm not going to lie about it. You knew that, didn't you? Well, I could it's a surmise. Yeah. Well, because, you know. Right. You're that I kind was, of guy. I was a quintessential rock star. Right. Much like Courtney Taylor Taylor. <laughs> I bet how many how many crabs do you think Courtney Taylor Taylor's have? Oh jeez. I well, mean, I don't right? know. I don't know his capacity. You're talking about Dungeness, Alaskan <laughs> King. <laughs> that guy's had every kind of fucking crab there is. It's gotta be. Big things just claws just <laughs> hanging off his balls. <laughs> right? Yeah, Feed a well, family that, of five. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 So you got out of the draft. You actually yes. got out of the draft. They gave me and saved your life. What they did was because of your, I, I your gonna, fucking I, lungs. No, I was believe me. I was going to go to Canada. I was not going to be in this. Wouldn't war. do it. No, was not going to do it. God, why would you? Right. Um. Uh. And uh. You know. I mean. Uh. The, what they did was, they gave you a a kind of a partial deferment. They gave you a, 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 it was a different designation. They would only take you if, you know, they landed on, in Long Beach. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> you know. So under extreme circumstances. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, then by the time I was reaching the end of whether the war was, was coming to an end, uh, they instituted a lottery, and I had a high lottery ticket. So it was, you know, I still had that, that draft designation. So, no, I wasn't I'm not going. You know, I mean, I, I – Supported the soldiers by trying to stop the war. <laughs> so. so you lived, you feel like, in a in a time that was especially vibrant and and oh, exciting. Yeah, yeah back yeah, in the sixties yeah. was your was your sort of heyday. Well, you know, seventies heyday. I, I'm not one of those guys that's, that thinks that my er, that my era when I was young was the greatest of all time. Although I do think that. <laughs> Right, but you're you know, uh, more pragmatic uh, about it. Yeah, because uh, every but see every generation thinks that. You know? Well, we tend to romanticize the past. And um, I, I don't romanticize it. That's for sure. I mean, no. you know, they were always arresting us, you know, because of the newspaper. I mean, because we ran the price of pot in the newspaper. Wow. <laughs> and um, and they were always they were always arresting us. You have you you were arrested many times. How, yeah. Did you have to? Stay in jail for extended periods no, of time. No, generally just overnight. You know, there was always just a harassment thing. But um, so, uh, so it wasn't all you know, flowers. Although I did have a hippie girlfriend who embroidered flowers on the bottom of my, of my bell bottoms. Is that right? I and, thought you were about to say something else. No, I was about to get and, and made curtains, weird. made curtains for the VW bus. Really? Don't you think the hippie movement was laced with a lot of anger? Well, yeah. Well, yes. yes. I just think depends. there's a there's a real contradiction. It depends. About it. it depends, because there were city hippies and there were like country hippies. There oh, were East Coast okay. hippies and there were West Coast hippies. I'm gonna steal that city hippie. Yeah. I'm gonna steal that as a lyric. You know. You yeah. don't mind, do you? No. Go right ahead. And uh, like we were what what we called at the time yippies, um, because we had a sense of humor. <laughs> you know, we weren't Maoists. We weren't commies. We were uh, we were just on a lot of LSD pot and uh, you know you did a lot of LSD a lot I can tell how can you tell I can see it in your eyes oh, yeah yeah I can see kaleidoscopes <laughs> every time you blink 
we did. Uh, matter of fact, the funny thing is, not long ago, uh, I, I pulled out um, Axel Maxaw by the Grateful God Dead. God bless you. By the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Which was their last great psychedelic album. And that's the one that was that, the one that the house used. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and it was wonderful to listen to. They're I, fine. I didn't get any flash. I've never gotten a flashback. And I've always regretted it. That you didn't get it? Yeah. Cheated. I feel cheated by the experience. I wanted the flashback. Yeah. So bad. I never got them. Huh. That's, that's I, like, I like the word flashback. Flashback. Yeah. yeah. I like that word. Yeah. I'm a word guy. I was I was looked forward. I said maybe when I when I when I get old I'll 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 have a flashback. I never got one. Do you think that you still a chance for that? No. Would you do LSD again? That is a good question. That is an excellent question. Um, probably I don't know. I probably not. No. I don't I don't know because here's the thing. When you get old, everything stops working. Okay. I always, I always wondered about. I would over over the course of my career. I always, whenever I would, I, I would lots of times I would interview people who were old, and they would say to me, "Don't get old." And I just didn't exactly know what they meant. Now I know what they meant. My dad says getting old is for wimps. For wimps. Is I mean, is not for wimps. Oh, it's not. No. Sorry, my no, bad. No, it's not. Getting old is not for wimps. No, no, not at all. So it's a good question. You know, I mean. Uh, I, and I what, what would be different now in terms of what's working and what's not working? Oh, because I'm closer to death, and there, that, there's a whole realm there, you know, that you don't consider. So now you consider death a lot more than you used to. Of course, everybody does when they when they get reach a certain. And age. does that? How does that change your personality? Uh, it makes me unhappy. Does it? Yes. Yes. How do you make peace with that? Don't yeah. we have to at some point? I don't know. Can you? I don't think so. My, my, yeah, my acceptance. dad's freaking out. Right. I'm, 75 years old. Yeah. Poor guy. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I know people have a certain acceptance about it, but I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, how do you stay happy when you're 75, 76 years old? I, when you know that you can count on your fingers oh, yeah. how much time, right. if you're lucky, if you're lucky, and how much of it is going to be – if you're lucky, healthy and right. cognizant yeah, yeah. and aware. Oh, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough, very tough. Um, Even at 44, yeah, I'm going. Fuck. Yeah. I'm not where I thought I was going to be. Oh, that's a different story. Yeah, but how much time do I have to you get have, to where I thought I was going to be? Huh? You have a lot of time. I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, when when I started Oregon, Oregon Music News, I was about 62. You were. Yeah. But you know you're not a, a typical, however old you are. Old I can guy. guarantee I'm not you. Not typical old. Guy. No, you're not. You have a youthful exuberance. In some ways, I am. In some ways, I'm not. I'm sure there are things that you can't no. control. Well, I mean, the fact that I, the fact that I still work about 60 hours a week. Is... Yeah, but your energy is not yeah. an older person's energy. Well, you the know, things I that mean, you find funny aren't an older but, person's but the sensibility. Thing is, the thing is, I'm not open. I'm not as open to, to some things as I used to be. For instance, a lot of I, – I, I rely on my younger writers to cover a lot of the stuff that's coming up, particularly in, 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 in the Indian pop world. Right. You know? It's hard to relate to it at this it's, point. No, it's, not, it's not a question of hard – no, I can relate to it easily. It's just I've heard it all. <laughs> you, know? you think it's rehashed? Pretty it's much. stuff that's rehashed? Pretty much. You know? I mean I was always 
you know, uh, for a lot, for a lot, I mean, I, I generally, I'm coming out of, of an avant-garde scene, you know, which I, I got into in the, in the 70s, you know, uh, and um, that's why I, I've always relied on, on, my, on my writers at Oregon Music News to cover that stuff, you know, because, I mean, I, and, and that's why I cover what I do, you know, jazz and, and blues and, well, and soul, but, uh, uh, and experimental stuff, a lot, a lot of that stuff, because that's what I like, you know. But more and more, I'm just, I, I'm going back, not, not going back in, not, not really going back in time. I mean, I do go back in time, but I, I'm looking for stuff that I can more, I mean, the neo-soul movement is right up my alley. What's an example of that? Um, well, say soul vaccination. Is is a is kind of an example of that, but they're you know they're, they're um, 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 do they write songs? Yeah, they they do. Have a they do their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or is it all is it all but, their own stuff? But like like take take Liv Warfield for instance. Okay. Liv Warfield. Okay, she's you know she's um, she's she's young. You know she's she she just busted out. How old is Liv Warfield? She's in her thirties. Okay, I I don't know who that is, but I've heard the name. She I, I you know she she came up here. I mean, she moved here from Peoria years and years ago. She moved here. She had a, a nice career here. Then she she uh, became one of Prince's backup singers. No way. And she just she had her her, her album came out about a year ago. Prince is the best live performance I've ever seen in oh, my yeah. life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Herbie Hancock always said that Prince was the best guitar player he ever saw. Oh, Herbie he's... Hancock said that. Yeah, of course. He's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so you know, I helped discover her. And now she's busting out. She's, you know, she's she's huge now. She's how did she? How does somebody bust out? I don't know how that happens. You have Prince behind you. Is that what it is? Yeah. Did he help her? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, her album is. Although she recorded her album with her Portland band, uh, it was Prince's horn section. Prince. So I need to become a backup singer for Prince. For Prince, yes. I you could do. do that. Well, after this exchange. <laughs> Well, I'm halfway through. You can't see it. I can't. I can't. Yeah, but but and rest please, assured. Please don't show me. Rest assured. Yes. Well, we, we're done. We're out of time. Oh, good. Yes. I can go home. Uh, you can go home. <laughs> Would you please go home? Please? <laughs> and we didn't really get into enough Jim Varney, but that's okay. Oh. That's okay. We'll have to do a, a, t- a take another, two. Well, all right. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Oh, what a good time. <laughs>